Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. This is the first Sunday after Christmas. And the first Sunday in Christmas is traditionally uh, focuses in on hearing about Simeon and Anna who are at the temple 40 days um, after the birth of Jesus and how they brought Jesus to the temple uh, to carry out the necessary sacrifices that were required. But for the sermon, I've decided to preach on Matthew chapter 2, which is the text for Epiphany. So January 6th, in the calendar year is Epiphany, the day of Epiphany. And the day of Epiphany is also known as the Gentile Christmas because of the wise men who were not Jews going and giving and bearing gifts and worshiping the King of the Jews, their Savior. And so we're going to consider that since January 6th isn't going to fall on a Sunday because next Sunday is actually called the first Sunday after Epiphany, which is also uh, the Baptism of Jesus Sunday. So with that in mind, uh, I'm going to preach on Matthew uh, chapter 2 and consider those beautiful words uh, in the light of this first Sunday after Christmas. And, And so we continue to give celebration to the fact that God kept his promise and the Savior did take on human flesh, the Son of God. Our first lesson for this first Sunday after Christmas is found recorded in 1 Kings chapter 8, beginning at the 6th verse. The priest brought the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house to the most high place, under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim were spreading their wings over the place for the Ark, so that the cherubim covered the Ark, and its poles were their wings. The poles were so long that the ends of the poles could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but they could not be seen from outside. They are there to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two stone tablets which Moses had placed there at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. When the priest came out from the holy place, the cloud filled the house of the Lord. The priests were not able to take their positions to minister in the presence of the cloud because the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he dwells in thick darkness. I have truly built a majestic house for you, a place for you to dwell forever. The word of the Lord. The reading from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, beginning at verse 12. Therefore, as God's elect, holy and loved, clothe yourselves with heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive each other if anyone has a complaint against anyone else. Forgive just as Christ forgave you. And in addition to all these things put on love, which ties things together in perfect unity. 
Let the peace of Christ control your hearts, to which you were also called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And everything you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, beginning at the 22nd verse. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be called holy to the Lord. And they came to offer a sacrifice according to what has been said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the comfort of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary according to the law, Simeon took him into his arms and praised God. He said, Lord, you now dismiss your servant in peace according to your word, because my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Joseph and the child's mother was amazed at the things that were spoken about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, listen carefully. This child is appointed for the falling and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Anna, a prophetess, was there. She was the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage. And then she was a widow of 84 years. She did not leave the temple complex since she was worshiping with fasting and prayers night and day. Standing nearby at that very hour, she gave thanks to the Lord. She kept speaking about the child to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had accomplished everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town, Nazareth. The child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded. It is found in Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, when Herod was king, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. They asked, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was alarmed and all Jerusalem with him. He gathered together all the people's chief priests and experts in the law. He asked them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, 
in Bethlehem of Judea, because this was written through the prophet. You, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are certainly not least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and found out from them exactly when the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report to me, so that I may go and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. Then the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with overwhelming joy. After they went into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, they bowed down and worshipped him. They, then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Since they had been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when I ask people what their directions are to go see them at their house, I really do not mean to actually give me a map and show me where they live, or even to draw one out, or even to explain what streets I have to turn on. Just give me your address, because I'll, I'll plunk it in to my GPS system. Now, I don't have a separate device. They used to sell those, and you put, put those in your cars. No, I have it right on my phone. We all do, if you have one of these smartphones. And in fact, this GPS system is, is so accurate, it'll even tell you what time you're going to show up. And it's fairly accurate when, if, you, if you don't take into consideration any stops. I mean, it, when I go like from here to Texas, or even here to Monta Vista, it, it even has it figured out if there's any stalls or, or, or if there's any traffic jams or any accidents. This just shocks me on how accurate our GPS system is that we use today. And everyone has it for the most part. Now, during the time of, of Jesus, well, you did not have smartphones. And, and I don't doubt that they had physical maps. But there was no specific map to say, here's to the house of the Christ child. So how are they going to find these wise men, the Christ child, when they're coming from afar? Well, they're going to need a GPS system. They're going to need a global positioning system. And God gave them one in the form of a star. The star was not man-made. This is not like shooting out satellites that are going to orbit around the earth and, and give positions to our phones. This is clearly a star that has been made by the Lord because all stars have been made by the Lord. But I am one who truly believes that this star had to be a special star. Oh yes, there's all kinds of speculations about the star, but suffice it to say 
God made a special star that was going to point to the Christ child. And it did. The wise men, in the original language, this is the word magi. And the word magi is where we get our English word magician from. But these men were not known for their card tricks. These were men who were considered, yes, wise men. They were advisors to the king. These were the men of science. These were the experts. These were the men that received special treatment. They got the best homes, received the best food. They were, no doubt, wealthy men to begin with. How many were there? Well, we think of gold, frankincense, and myrrh and think that there had to be at least three of them. But the honest truth is we do not know. Magi is plural. So we know that there was more than one. And were there kings because they gave kingly gifts? Well, that is great for songs. But we actually don't know for sure. But magi, wise men, advisors to a king? No doubt. Now, where did they hear this? To follow that star, to know that that star led to the Christ child. Did it come in the form of a dream? Did the angel of Gabriel uh, appear to them? Once again, God in his infinite wisdom did not tell us exactly how they were informed, but they were following the star. What we do know for sure is they came from the east. And east of Jerusalem is the Arabian Desert, and east of that is the territory known as Babylon. Today, Iran and Iraq. So if they're coming from that distance and, and coming from the east, they more than likely did not come across the Arabian Desert. That would have been the most treacherous path. If they followed the normal trade routes, which would have been following the rivers, then we're talking several weeks, maybe even several months, in order to follow this star. And they did. Notice the commitment. It led them right to the, the land of, of Israel, and, and it brought them, or, or as they were coming to that area and, and following that star, now they didn't see the star. So... That led them to go to the capital city of the area, that's Jerusalem, and to meet with the head guy himself, who was King Herod at the time. What I find amazing is hearing that all of this is not by fate. This is not an accident. This is not just pure luck, that all of a sudden they see it and they don't see it and they end up in Jerusalem talking to King Herod. Everything is according to God's plan. God is in control of history. Everything that God does, he does for a purpose. We know from Romans 8 that he works out all things for good and for those who rest in his love. So the Lord is everything is in control. And so when they end up going to King Herod, they will ask the most unusual question. Where is he who was born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. King of the Jews, we haven't heard this phrase before. But King Herod clearly knew what it meant. Because when he called in all the chief priests and the experts in the law and all the religious leaders, 
when he called them in, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. He didn't say where the king of the Jews was to be born. He knew exactly what the term king of the Jews meant. It was a messianic term. It pointed to the fact that the Savior was going to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and the prophecies of old spoke of establishing a kingdom that will be forever. This is why Herod was so uh, alarmed. And when Herod gets alarmed, all of the area gets alarmed. Because usually it could mean death. He calls in all the chief priests and, and teachers of the law to ask them where the Christ was to be born, this king of the Jews. By the way, the term king of the Jews is also the notice that Pilate put above Jesus' head when he wrote Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. This is the Savior who, at that crucifixion, made the ultimate sacrifice, paying for the sins of the world once and for all. When asked, where is this one to be born, this Christ? They quoted from Micah the prophet of the Old Testament. He was a contemporary of Isaiah. He spoke of that it would be in Bethlehem. And that's where the wise men went. And then they saw the star again pointing to the Christ child, led him right to the house. This beautiful GPS. And when they saw the star, even before getting to the house, we are told that they had overwhelming joy. They weren't just happy. They weren't just pleased. They weren't even just filled with joy. They had overwhelming joy. In the original language, it's even more than that. In the original language, it says they were very exceedingly overwhelming joy. It was joy beyond joy, and even greater joy than that. Why all this joy? Why all this excitement? Well, could it be that they were finally meeting their destination, and, and, and they made this great pilgrimage, and, and look at what they have done, and, and high-five them for their wonderful efforts? No. They were seeing the Christ child. They were filled with overwhelming joy because they were filled with joy that this very Christ child, yes, he was born a Jew. He, his ministry will be primarily among the Jews. But this is the Savior that is for the Gentiles, the non-Jews too. That this very Savior is the Savior of the world. That's why on January 6th, every year, we celebrate Epiphany, and Epiphany is the celebration of the Gentile Christmas, emphasizing the fact that this is the Savior of the world, not the Savior of some, not the Savior of just righteous people, not the Savior of just unrighteous people, but the Savior of all, every man, woman, and child who has ever lived and whoever will live. Jesus is the Savior of all. And they couldn't help but to celebrate and to worship by kneeling down and giving all praise and glory to the Savior who's going to pay for the sins since they couldn't pay for their own sins. He'll pay for them. And with believing hearts, 
That's the one they celebrated. They couldn't help but celebrate with overwhelming joy. In fact, this overwhelming joy led them to bring very expensive gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yes, these are the, king, the gifts of a king, but given to the king of kings. How old was Jesus at this time? Well, we know that they're not in the manger because it tells us they're in a house. This could have been a year or so later after his birth. We don't know for sure. But these gifts are going to come in handy because King Herod is going to come and try to destroy the Christ child and Mary and Joseph and Jesus will have to run to Egypt till Herod dies and then after that they come back to Nazareth. They don't return to Bethlehem. These gifts are going to be needed and used and they will be. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What beautiful gifts. These gentlemen, they're believers. And they're naturally responding out of love to their Savior. What a beautiful reminder of what stewardship is really all about. We speak of stewardship in the sense of, of giving an offering. And, 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 and even giving an offering to church so it can be used for the ministry and, and to be used for the preaching and teaching of God's word. But when it comes to stewardship, I'm always very, very careful not to preach that you need to give more. Because more emphasizes amount. But I will preach, be generous. And be generous with the gifts that God has given you. And generosity doesn't necessarily point to the amount. Generosity points to the heart. And what kind of heart? But certainly a believing heart. But remember the words of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians? That God loves the cheerful giver? Well, here's a perfect example of that, of the wise men. And we too, with believing hearts in our one and only Savior the Savior of the world. We give out of thankful love and joy, out of generosity, knowing that this is the Savior who saved us. We give out of love for him. How much of that's going to be? Well, that's going to have to be between you and your Lord. And as you wrestle with it, always give an amount that gives glory to God. It's not the amount but that it is done with a believing heart in Jesus Christ. Remember the widow who gave only two small coins? Jesus praised her and her giving. Give with a joyous heart, believing in the Lord. The sad truth is, not all will believe in the Lord. Look at King Herod, plotting, saying he's going to worship the Lord, a flat-out lie. And how he's going to go and, and, and worship him. No, he was going to send in his army and destroy him. In fact, after he finds out that the Magi went back by another route, he still sends in the army. And all those two males, two years and younger, were killed in that area. Mary and Joseph and Jesus did escape. King Herod 
in his unbelief, wanted to destroy the Christ child because he wasn't going to have anyone threaten his power. And what about those chief priests, those teachers of the law? Here, Herod asked them to ask them, where's the Christ to be born? They'd say that it's in Bethlehem. The Magi are there, and they don't go check it out. The star has been pointing over Jesus. These wise men have followed it from afar, and the religious leaders didn't see it. No one in that area saw it. They didn't follow the Magi to go check it out themselves. Boy, in their unbelief, it seems very clear they didn't care. Just let the radicals and, and the insane, they can go. My dear friends, when it comes to, to unbelief, there is no rationality, there is no logic to it at all. To deny the very Savior who has saved you and gave his life for you? In fact, it's insane. And yet, the temptation is always there to fall away from the Lord. The, the temptation is always there to take them for granted. And when people fall away from the Lord, it isn't like they just go follow always a false teacher or a false prophet and listen to false teaching. But oftentimes, falling away from the Lord shows its ugly head by indifference, apathy, by just not caring. Where I'm a believer and that's good enough. Not to grow in God's word, not to take to heart God's word, not to join fellow believers around God's word. Oh, the temptation is so great. Getting caught up in the ways of the world and, and what the world offers in the name of I need to sleep in. When our ultimate rest is not just physical, but spiritual. Because the ultimate rest is what Jesus won for us. And that's the forgiveness of sins. Without that, there is no peace for our soul. My dear friends, please don't take God's word for granted. And as we end this year and begin a new year, let's encourage one another. Pray that I continue to encourage you, and I pray you can continue to encourage me to keep our eyes focused on the Lord and, and, and to know that God has revealed himself through his holy word. That's the ultimate star, to know that at the heart of that word is the light of the world, the morning star, our Lord Jesus Christ. So see every day as we approach this new year, as another day to join the wise men of old in saying, we too have come to worship him. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, 
please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.